0: everyone you're listening to save me and i the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way i'm katie and i'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts amber and kylie hi Hello. and unfortunately this week matt is not able to join us sad sad boy hours sad,
1: Boom. sad.
0: but on this week's episode we are going over the rock opera jesus christ superstar this show goes into the psychology of some of the characters surrounding Jesus and how they dealt with social and political pressures all through the context of rock and roll. This show is also completely operatic, which means they, the characters have no spoken dialogue between each other, only sung dialogue, which we've talked about in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: a, it's, a neat, it's a neat concept, so you should get the whole story from the music. The 1970 show was originally unable to get financial backing for a stage production. So it was released as an album musical, which is the version we are going to be following today. And the Spotify will be linked in the show notes as always. So I thought that was kind of neat because no one really wanted to produce it because it is a semi-controversial, you know, topic per se. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have the money for it, but they released it and it did really well. So a tiny bit of background information about the musical. The music is by Andrew Lloyd Webber, whom we love, of course. Of course. Of Mm -hmm. course. And the lyrics are by Tim Rice. On the original album, the cast is Ian Gillen, Murray Head, Michael Diabo, and Yvonne Elliman. The album was released before any stage productions, but the album brought enough interest for it to get to the stage. The first authorized American concert took place in front of 13,000 people in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania's Civic Arena. A bunch of unauthorized stage productions were shut down and were pursued with legal action. Bam, bam,
2: bam. Ooh. Wow.
0: Yeah, it was like rampant across, like, I think 24 cities or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rebels.
1: They're their Jesus. <laughs>
2: So this show officially opened on Broadway on october twelfth, nineteen seventy one at the Mark Hellinger Theatre. It starred Jeff Fenholt, Ben Vereen, Bob Bingham, Yvonne Elliman, Barry Denon, and Paul Ainsley. And the show closed on june thirtieth, nineteen seventy three, after seven hundred and eleven performances, so nice little chunk. Yeah. In nineteen seventy two, the show opened at the Palace Theatre in London, and this production was actually more successful than the original Broadway production. It ran for eight years and was the longest-running musical at that time.
0: Which so I is wild.
2: The UK just loved it more than the US did. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> so then, uh, jumping forward a little bit, in 1992, there was a North American touring revival. And it was set to run for like three to four months, but actually ended up touring for five years. So it's starting to catch on.
0: Big extension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hey, I mean, if people want to see it, you keep going. (laughs) Right. And then in 1996, there was a London musical revival at the Lyceum Theater that ran for a year and a half, and then was followed by a UK tour. In 2000, there was another Broadway revival at the Ford Center for the Performing Arts. And then in 2002, there was a national tour that ran for about a year, but it did close prematurely when Carl Anderson, who played Judas in a couple of the productions, and then reprised his role for this tour, was diagnosed with leukemia, and unfortunately he did pass away in 2004.
0: Yeah, um, sad times.
2: Also in 2004, a year-long UK tour began, so it just keeps going back to the UK. They love it.
0: They do. Mm-hmm.
2: And then it came back to the US in 2006 for another tour and ran for about five years. And then in uh, in 2010, a revival was mounted at the Stratford Shakespeare Festival in Stratford, Ontario. That's pretty cool. It uh, then transferred to the Neil Simon Theater on Broadway in 2012 and had 116 performances and 24 previews and then closed. So, again, the show's clearly running a lot and we're yes. not even done. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, in September of 2012, there was an arena tour of a musical across the UK. Uh, and about this production, Andrew Lloyd Webber actually said The funny thing is that Jesus Christ Superstar as a rock concert is what we actually intended it to be when it is done in a conventional proscenium theater production, it feels shoehorned in. And that's why I wanted to do this. So pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Also another fun fact about, uh, that production is that it, it, uh, it launched a, like a superstar televised contest, kind of like the voice, and so they so they did this where a bunch of contestants tried to you know get the role of jesus mm-hmm. and that's how uh the sunderland native ben forrester actually won and he appeared on the tour alongside former spice girl mel C oh. hmm. yeah. all right wild
2: wild In 2016, after 45 years since the musical debuted on Broadway, the show returned to London at Regent's Park Open Air Theater uh, from July 15th to August 27th. And then it returned to the Open Air Theater again as part of its 2017 season, running from August 11th to September 23rd. The Lyric Opera of Chicago hosted a run from late April 2018 to late May 2018. And then it returned to London at the the Barbican Center from July 9th to August 24th, 2019, prior to a 50th anniversary U.S. tour in October 2019. However, due to COVID, we all know what happened. So the tour was canceled uh, in March 2020. The production uh, did return to Regents Park Open Air Theater in a socially distanced environment, which is super cool, uh, with concert staging titled... Jesus Christ Superstar, the concert from August fourteenth to September twenty seventh, twenty twenty. So I'm glad they still got to do it. That's really cool. cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I had to guess, it was staged kind of like how we've talked about in the past with like Les Mis, the concert, where it was probably just everyone on stage singing their roles as opposed to playing out the roles. Mm-hmm. I didn't look into that further, but I assume that's that's how it was, so they could keep the social distancing because that was still like pretty thick into everything. Yeah. Either way, super cool. It did also have other non-stage productions, which is some, some of the more probably what most people are associated with if you've never seen it in person, you've probably seen one of these productions. Uh, so the original 1970 concept album was very popular and its 1971 release topped to the US Billboard Pop Albums, which is surprising. Yeah. The 1972 and 1992 Australian cast recordings were also both highly successful. In 1994, a studio recording under the name of Jesus Christ Superstar, A Resurrection, was released. A 1996 radio production for BBC Radio 2 starred Tony Hadley as Jesus, Roger Daltrey as Judas, Francis Raphael as Mary Magdalene, and Julian Clary as King Herod. This production was rebroadcast on BBC Radio 4 Extra on August 6, 2016. In May 2018, Aztec Records released a 1973 live recording of the Australian production. Previous recordings of that production were released as bootleg copies, so this was like the uh, official release one. A film adaptation was released in 1973, which is probably the one that most people think of when they first think of Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm-hmm. And about the 17- 1973 one, that one is actually like shot in the Middle East, so it has really neat landscaping there. Ooh. A second adaptation was filmed in 1999 and released worldwide in 2000 and 2001. The style is more like the stage version than the location-based 1973 adaption and used many of the ideas from the 1996 to 1999 UK production, so that was kind of cool. The 2012 UK Arena Tour Pro Shot was released on November 19th, 2012, which I'm curious to look up sometime. Yeah, for sure.
2: I'm a fan of Pro Shots.
0: Oh yeah, me too. And then, as this is probably the one that most people are familiar with nowadays, on Easter Sunday, April 1st, 2018, NBC aired a live concert version of the show featuring John Legend, Sarah Bareilles, Brandon Victor Dixon, Alice Cooper, Norm Lewis, and Ben Daniels. Two years later, on Easter Sunday, April 12th, 2020, the show was pre- rebroadcast on NBC as a kind of we know you're all social distancing and you might not be able to see your family, so here's a fun thing. Okay. That so was kind of yeah. cool of them. Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, I I saw pieces piece of it. I never ended up finishing it out, but I did want to uh, point out, so Alice Cooper, I don't know if you, you guys know who he is. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that name surprised me, I gotta admit.
0: Yeah, I was surprised too, until I learned he played King Herod in an actual show previously. Huh. So it wasn't his first time being King Herod, which I thought that was really neat. <laughs>
1: Wild. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like every time I see his name associated with things, I'm like, what the heck? so the show has been nominated for a bunch of awards for all of its various productions but they've actually only won a handful so in 1972 it won a dramadesk award for most promising composer of course for andrew lloyd webber and a theater world award for ben Vereen. in 2012 it won another theater world award for josh young in 2016, they won two Evening Standard Theatre Awards for Best Musical and for Emerging Talent for Tyrone Huntley. So that's pretty cool. And then in 2017, they won a Laurence Olivier Award for Best Musical Revival, which I mean, this one's been revived a lot, so that's fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's only got a couple of awards, which I'm not super surprised about because it's not—it's a very unique show, yeah. but it's not for everybody, for sure.
2: And, of course, on that topic, there is, of course, some controversy over the show. So let's talk about that. Uh, the show is based on a specific religion and its events would be hard pressed to exist without creating some controversy around itself. A quote from Wikipedia. Oh, you know, the source of all knowledge, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, so, quote, the Broadway show and subsequent productions were condemned by some religious groups. Tim Rice was quoted as saying, It happens, as we don't see Christ as God, but simply the right man at the right time at the right place. Uh, some Christians considered such comments to be blasphemous, the character of Judas too sympathetic, and some of his criticisms of Jesus offensive. The musical's lack of allusion to the resurrection of Jesus has resulted in criticism similar to that of fellow musical Godspell, which, is fair, which also did not clearly depict the resurrection. At the same time, some Jews claimed that it bolstered the anti-Semitic belief that Jews were responsible for Jesus' death by showing most of the the villains as Jewish. Uh, So Caiaphas and the other priests uh, and Herod, uh, and showing the crowd in Jerusalem calling for the crucifixion. The musical was actually banned in South Africa for being irreligious. A 1972 production of the play was banned in the Hungarian People's Republic for Distribution of religious propaganda.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) all
2: very valid points. A quote taken from mentalfloss.com says, in terms of controversy, Jesus Christ Superstar is Christina Aguilera flubbing the national anthem before the Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's
2: fair. (laughs) Okay. And then entertainment journalist Tim Kane once wrote, Controversy swirled around it when it was released. Some other notes on this, the show was protested by the American Jewish Committee and the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith. American evangelist Billy Graham, who I'm sure most people are familiar with because he is out there, also wasn't a fan. He accused the musical of bordering, quote, on blasphemy and sacrilege, and he objected, quote, to the fact that it leaves out the resurrection. If there is no resurrection, there is no Christianity. Although he did acknowledge that, quote, if the production causes young people to search their Bibles, to that event, it may be beneficial. Which does remind me of Book of Mormon. Um, Because I remember a lot of the response to that by Mormons was like, well, if it leads people to actually look at our book, then we're okay with it. So
0: yeah, like, whatever.
2: (laughs) Elsewhere, South Africa's publications control board temporarily banned Jesus Christ Superstar in that country lest it, quote, offend the religious convictions or feelings of certain sections of the population. Uh, The show also managed to irritate the British National Secular Society, which picketed Superstar's opening night on the West End. But, (coughs) alright, it's the right, but a few organizations did rise to its defense, which doesn't surprise me at all. For example, in 1971, the Vatican's radio station aired the concept album in its entirety, along with some remarks from Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice, and various religious figures. Quote, Nothing like this has ever been broadcast on Vatican Radio until now, announced one papal spokesman. Uh, Quote, But we feel this is a work of considerable importance.
0: Yeah, so they're, like, at least, like, the the Vatican Radio was willing to say, you know, hey, it's still the story, like, and like other people have said, like, as long as it gives rise to interest in it, you know, it's not that harmful. Yeah. So make your own judgments based on this. Um, I, I personally am not a religious person and I just enjoy the show as as is. But, you know, go into it knowing that, you know, it's, it's just based on stories. You know, that's what this show is. It's just a show. So don't read too terribly far into it. You know,
1: it's entertainment.
0: It's entertainment. So the show as a whole has, of course, received mixed reviews for every rendition, though it does tend to receive high praise for the actor's portrayals and music. So, eh, you know, it goes both ways. So with all of that background and talk out of the way, how about we go ahead and jump into act one. Lego. Lego. Legos. (laughs) We open up on Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 apostles, worrying that the followers of Jesus are getting out of control. He is afraid they will soon be seen as a threat to the Roman Empire, who, in retaliation, might suppress them. And this is the song, Heaven on Their Minds. The other apostles are getting excited about going to Jerusalem with Jesus. They bug him about his plans, and he tells them not to worry so much about the future in the song, What's the Buzz? Which gets stuck in my head all the time (laughs) for no reason. Okay. It's very catchy. (laughs) Uh, Mary Magdalene, a sex worker and follower of Jesus, tries to help him relax Judas says that Jesus shouldn't associate with her because of her line of work, as it might go against his teachings and be used against him in the future. Jesus says that Judas shouldn't judge others so much unless he himself is without sin, so... Don't be so stinking judgy. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Right, like, she's just doing her best life, whatever.
2: Jesus goes to the apostles, saying that none of them truly care about him. Mary again tries to reassure and calm him down while anointing him with oil in the song Everything's All Right. Meanwhile, Judas is angry about the use of the oil, as that money could have been used to help the poor. Calm down.
0: (laughs) Whoa.
2: Jesus responds that they alone don't have the resources to end poverty, so they should appreciate the comforts they have, which is so true. Meanwhile, Caiaphas, the high priest of Israel, uh, assembles the Pharisees and priests. Quick note, Pharisees were part of a social movement and school of thought during the time of the second temple of Judaism.
0: Yeah, so I didn't I didn't know what they were, so I looked them up officially. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like Judas, they also fear that Jesus' followers will be seen as a threat by the Romans, and this could bring consequences down upon the Jews. Caiaphas decides that, for the greater good, Jesus should be killed in the song, This Jesus Must Die. Jesus and his followers arrive in, in Jerusalem, jubilant and dancing. Caiaphas demands that Jesus disperse the crowd, and instead, Jesus merely greets the happy crowd in the song, Hosanna. Simon the Zealot, one of the disciples, suggests that Jesus use his mob to start a war with Rome and gain absolute power. But of course, Jesus rejects this, stating that none of his followers understand what true power is in the song Simon Zealots slash Port Jerusalem.
0: We go over to Pontius Pilate, who is the governor of Judea, and he actually is having a dream where he meets a Galilean and then receives the blame for that man's violent death at the hands of a mob in the song Pilate's Dream, which is prophetic jesus arrives at the temple and finds that it's being used as a marketplace he is anchored by this and drives everyone out and he's just like flipping tables and throwing shit you know it's a whole <laughs> nice. mess in the song the temple yeah he throws a baby tantrum it's fine <laughs> a group of lepers come to ask jesus to heal them because he is you know known for you know healing the sick or whatever mm-hmm. but there are just too many of them and jesus becomes overwhelmed and ends up rejecting them so Mary Magdalene sings him to sleep in the song, Everything's All Right reprise. And while he sleeps, Mary admits to herself that she's starting to love him and that frightens her in the song, I Don't Know How to Love Him. Probably one of the more popular songs of the show. Yeah. Judas is conflicted and he seeks out the Pharisees and proposes helping them to arrest Jesus. He believes that Jesus is out of control and that Jesus himself would approve of his actions. Judas is offered 30 pieces of silver for his help, which he initially refuses. He eventually accepts it when Caiaphas suggests he can use the money to help the poor in the song "Damned for All Time Slash Blood Money," and this actually leads us into the intermission with the start of Judas's betrayal. Ba-ba-ba. <gasps> Judas, no. Yeah, so that brings us to our intermission. So, how do we feel about uh, Act One? I know not a lot is actually happening. Yeah, it's moving pretty. Sl- it moves pretty slow in the first half, but yeah, it's slow and yet not. fast. Like it's. It's bizarre. Yeah, it seems kind of short. Yeah. yeah, it's the whole show. The whole show itself isn't like too terribly long, although the movie is like long. I remember it being very long and quite boring. Well, I mean,
2: if the whole thing's operatic, then that is going to take forever.
0: Take some time. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's another thing. Like they sing all of this stuff, whereas we can say one sentence and it sums up the entire song. They have to sing the entire yeah. song. So when you listen to it, it's going to be a little longer, but yeah. So it's, I, I actually, you know, enjoy most of the music. It is, it, I think despite, you know, what some people might say, like, I think it is pretty true to its rock opera roots. It's probably one of the first rock operas. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's definitely an interesting take on the genre for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is never, this is one that I've never been particularly interested in, but you know, I know it's a popular one, you know, it's got good music in it. It does obviously there's a reason that it's been performed so much and it's really stood the test of time. I think it was a Yeah. interesting idea to start off with. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure I would be like, yes, let's make the Bible into a musical, let's go. So, I'm not quite <laughs> sure how he's,
1: like... an a rock one.
2: Right, exactly. Like, but, you know, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber, so whatever you want to do, dude, go for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and actually I think he said one of his, um, like... Reasons why he wanted to write this is because he felt that uh, Judas is portrayed not very well because in the Bible he's just like this this one sided yeah. villain like that's he's not he's not two dimensional at all he just exists to be a bad guy that's true he and is and so he the wrote a villain. right which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it because if he was uh, an original follower of Jesus he has to have you know something going for him yeah. so. So he like he's like oh no this this guy got a bad rap let me just go into his mindset and so I I, I like this show because it kind of delves into like I said like the you know the psychological stress of the times and the social implications of going around with a guy who claims that he's the son of God like that would be rough yeah that's fair
1: <laughs> when no one believes yeah. him
0: no one believes him yeah so. I don't listen to this musical on a like a daily basis, but my mom puts it on every Easter. I mean, it, it is good. I think everyone should listen to it at least once. Mm-hmm. Again, re- religious implications aside, I think it's it's a good good case study for music for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely go into this one knowing that it's got those religious you know implications. So if that's not your thing, we understand.
0: <laughs> I mean, his name is look in the at the title, title, so like
2: <laughs> you're you're clearly not surprised by this one. So like. You know, if you listen to yeah. it, you know what you're getting into. But if it is something that you, you know, are into, something you choose to listen to, that's good. I don't know where I was going with that. Y- y- yep. I was
0: saying words? <laughs> if you listen, good for you. <laughs> good job. You did it. Good job. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> like, we we love Andrew Lloyd Webber. He does a lot of great work. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just think you should listen to it at least once just to get, you know, more... More exposure to his his kind of writing style.
1: True. Sure. Kylie, Kylie, what do you think? It was probably one of those shows that I avoided when I was younger. I don't exactly know why. Eh. Yeah, it was okay when I saw it. I Yeah, I don't know why I tried to avoid it so much before.
0: I mean, I, I, I could imagine a lot of people avoiding this one just because, again, like, the material. I'm never surprised if someone hasn't seen this one.
1: Yeah, it wasn't even, like, the material. I just, I don't know. I Maybe it was just the name for some reason. I was like, that that just sounds really weird. It is, is Jesus a rock star? Like, what's going on here? And I never really... <laughs> the answer is yes. ...father <laughs> to go further into it.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, that's definitely a judge-a-book-by-its-cover kind of deal, but I 100% understand. <laughs> Yeah so I, I I have also seen this one live at my aunt's theater actually they put on a production of it. I think that's the only time I've ever seen it in person. Very it's it's strange either way. I mean it is mm-hmm. strange but again the music is interesting enough to, <laughs> for me to listen to it every once in a while.
1: Every Easter.
0: Yeah, every Easter once a year is fine for me. That's that's enough and <laughs> maybe even less, I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, how about we go ahead and jump into our theater fact, Kylie. I, I got a, I got a cool one for you. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ Superstar prompted Richard O'Brien to start working on the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Richard O'Brien joined the London production of Superstar in 1972. He was cast in the chorus, but was set to take over the role of Herod. His version of Herod was a vain Elvis impersonator, and the higher-ups were not impressed at all. <laughs> When push came to shove, they decided that they didn't want me as Herod. They gave me 300 quid and let me go, O'Brien said. I went home and started writing Rocky on my guitar. I was pissed off because they had the nerve to call Superstar a rock opera. There were some nice songs in there, but rock and roll it wasn't. Writing Rocky was a pleasure because my love of real rock
0: and roll drove the songs. Yeah, so I thought that was that was interesting. I didn't yeah. know that originally. And we, we did cover Rocky or picture show in the past. Yes. So I thought that was kind of, kind of a fun thing that they were linked and that that was kind of his start for wanting to make a better rock opera. And wow, is it on the other end of the spectrum.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there will be no Jesus in this show.
0: No Jesus. So I thought that was kind of cool. I don't think we have any promotional things for you guys this week, but just make sure that you're following us on our socials as always and checking out our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. We also have some merch up there for you guys to check out as always. So go ahead and give us a look-see. But how about we? I
2: say we don't have Matt with us. No, we don't have the the Madisms.
0: I know. What the heck? This is his job. <laughs>
2: Hey, we should fire him because he's not here. That's
0: what you oh guys yeah, Matt, to you're me. fired. You'll you'll find out later. <laughs> that's true.
2: He doesn't, you, he doesn't listen. <laughs>
0: listen to our shows like you do. I'll let him know. Okay. He's fired. Can't let me fire him. We'll hire him again next time. <laughs> <laughs> let's help the poor into Act Two. Okay. I guess. No, oh, that's that's lame. Betray let's, our way. Yeah, let's let's betray let's betray our way into Act Two. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt. But do you know that the Ragtag Network has its own merch? You can get merch for your favorite shows such as Bag of Bones, Save Me an Isle Seat, or Total Tomfoolery. Just visit www.ragtagnetwork.com/merch now to check things out.
1: If you love stories from American history but are curious to follow down the more unbeaten path, then this five star podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Bougere, and I'm a full time author that loves to dig up stories that didn't quite make it into the mainstream history books. I lean more towards the darker side of American history the curious, the strange, the deadly. Legends, murders, rituals, hauntings, traditions, and beliefs. And the interesting collection this country was founded on. Join me every week with a new story that peeks behind the curtain of America's Yesterday. You never know what I'll find in my bag of bones.
0: So we are at The Last Supper. And the apostles all get drunk and Jesus is upset that they pay him a little attention. So like, what a baby, but whatever. He remarks that, quote, for all you care, the wine they are drinking could be his blood and the bread his body. He asks them to remember him and then he is frustrated by their lack of understanding and predicts that Peter will deny him three times that night and another of his apostles will betray him. So he's, again, kind of being a baby, but it's fine. Judas admits that he is the one who will betray him, saying he doesn't understand why Jesus didn't plan things better, if, you know, he knows all the things. Judas leaves, and this all takes place in the Last Supper. The remaining apostles fall asleep, and Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm mean, gonna hopefully didn't pronounce it wrong. Mm-hmm. To pray. In the song Gethsemane, I only want to say. He prays about his doubts whether his mission has been any success and angrily demands why he has to suffer the horrible death that awaits him. He, of course, receives no answer and realizes that he can't deny God's will and surrenders to his plan.
2: Judas arrives with Roman soldiers and identifies Jesus by kissing him on the cheek in the song of the arrest. Jesus is brought to trial before the Sanhedrin. Caiaphas demands to know why Jesus calls himself the son of God and Jesus responds, that's what you say. All right. Sure.
0: Well, because he says, like, he never gave himself that title kind of thing.
2: Caiaphas sends him to Pilate. Meanwhile, Peter is confronted by three people, and he denies that he knows Jesus. In the song, Peter's (gasps) denial. Oh, no. Mary observes that Jesus had predicted this. Pilate asks Jesus if he is the king of the Jews, and Jesus again answers, that's what you say. Since Jesus is from Galilee, Pilate says he's not under his jurisdiction, and sends him to King Herod in the song... Pilate and Christ. The flamboyant King Herod asks Jesus to prove his divinity by performing miracles in the song, King Herod's Song. Jesus ignores him, despite Herod saying that if he just performed a miracle, he'd believe everything he says and save his life. No. No. So Herod angrily sends Jesus back to Pilate. Mary Magdalene, Peter, and the apostles remember when they first began following Jesus and wish that they could return to that time of peace in the song, Could We Start Again, Please? Judas is horrified at Jesus' harsh treatment and expresses regret to the Pharisees. He's afraid he will forever be remembered as a traitor. Which, I mean, he is. So True. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> you done did a fool Right. Caiaphas and Annas assure him that he has done the right thing. Judas throws down the money he was given and storms out.
0: Then Judas curses God for manipulating him and commits suicide in the song Judas' Death. Jesus goes to trial and Pilate tries to interrogate him, but he is cut off by a bloodthirsty mob that demands Jesus gets crucified. Pilate tries to tell the crowd that Jesus hasn't done any crime and doesn't deserve to die. But to satiate the crowd, he agrees to at least flog him in the song Trial Before Pilate, which, no okay. <laughs> Pilate pleads that Jesus defend himself. Like, if you just, just say something, so I don't have to kill you. <laughs> but Jesus weekly says that everything has already been determined by God the crowd still calls for Jesus' death, and finally Pilate reluctantly agrees to crucify Jesus. Because reasons. Peer pressure. Yeah. As Jesus awaits crucifixion, the spirit of Judas returns and questions why Jesus chose to arrive in the manner and time that he did, and if it was all part of a divine plan in the song Superstar, which is one of my favorite songs. It's the name of the show! Oh Oh my god! (gasps) You said it. What? Jesus is crucified, recites his final words, and dies in the song, The Crucifixion, which actually wraps up the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this ending is why a lot of people were unhappy because it does not show his, you know, the resurrection, which implies that Jesus might have just been a man. So I know that's, that's why a lot of people were upset. Yeah. But that's the way the show wanted to go. So, there it is. They were hoping to do a second version.
2: Right, exactly. What if they're just, like, waiting <laughs>
1: on a sequel? And it would be the return. <laughs> they were leaving it open-ended for the sequel. <laughs> that unfortunately never came, because they just had to keep remaking the first mm-hmm. one. <laughs> that's true. This is all the Like, on thoughts. one hand,
2: I see why that's the controversy, but on the other hand, like, they they're not saying it didn't happen. It just didn't happen within the confines of the show so
0: yeah but all the people were like but he denies multiple times that he ever was right you know, anything divine. more than a person and yeah like he never openly says yeah i'm the son of god mm-hmm. or whatever i i am just a guy who wants to help everybody and if you want to follow me cool beans so i think a lot of people were upset by that because that you know that is a, you know, good plot of Christianity. You yeah, know? <laughs> I mean,
2: that's
0: one of the main tenets, so yeah. So, okay,
2: I, I, I see both sides.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I, I definitely see both sides of it, and coming from, you know, I I, I did have a religious upbringing, so I, mm-hmm. I do understand it, but, you know, my religious family also really enjoyed this show, so,
1: ah. <laughs> And yeah. I'm in the camp of it's entertainment,
2: well, yeah, exactly. It's a musical. Exactly. Like, like any other it's musical. It's not claim to be anything. You suspend your disbelief for a little bit, and you just, go. suspension of belief.
0: So like we said at the beginning of the show, you, you kind of go into this, whether you are religious or whether you're not, go into it knowing that it's just a musical. It is just meant for entertainment, and you should enjoy it for what it was intended for.
2: Yeah, and in no way did he how go you go off to. saying, like, oh, yes, I'm intending this story to, like, this is my point of view of the Bible or this is how it really happened. Like he never said that. Yeah. He's not trying to like you know, be serious here. More serious than it hurts yeah, You guys know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Like I I also understand where the fear of like the anti Semitism comes mm-hmm. from, but I mean, even according to the Bible, like that's how it happened. So it's not like inflating anything. It's just also reiterating what was stated. So, I don't think this this show is is anti-Semitic in any way. I personally, I don't think so. But I'm not I'm not a Jew, so I can't speak to that effect. Yeah, I'm definitely not an expert in the subject. So, yeah, Judaism like that's that's one of the religions I don't know much about, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah, go into it. You know, it's it's just a show. It's a good show. It's really good music. Very well (laughs) written. It's a it's an interesting perspective, again, from like a different side that most people probably haven't thought about. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, go into it and just enjoy it. Just listen to it for what it is. Don't be scared, again, by the whole... Jesus uh, The whole thing. idea of it. Yeah. The whole Jesus thing. I mean, it's... Yes, it's in the title, but it is really good, you know? Yeah, so if you want to talk to us about you know, kind of your views on it, or if you have a different interpretation of it, we always encourage you to, you know, reach out to us and give us like your kind of opinion on it. So feel free to do that. You can email us at savemeanileseat at gmail.com. We are always interested in hearing other people's views on shows. And if you've seen it and how you thought it went and like, how did your production do it? That kind of thing.
2: In addition to that, you can also kind of find us all over the internet so in addition to our email, you can find us on Twitter at Save Seat. You can find us on Facebook at Save Me Seat. You can find us on Instagram at Save Me and seat. And we're also on YouTube under the Ractic Network. So if you want to talk to us, it's not hard to do because we're literally everywhere. So chat us up.
0: And of course, if you could... Like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. This ensures that you'll get like our episodes as soon as they're posted or you'll get updates about anything that we do in the future, like bonus episodes and things like that. So go ahead and do that. It also helps us in our numbery do's.
1: (laughs) And if you happen to go on to Apple and leave us a five star review, we highly appreciate
0: it. We like the reviews, please. Mm
1: -hmm. Please. Please. But of
0: course, the best way to help us is via word of mouth. So please tell your friends and your family and your coworkers and strangers on the bus, you know, anywhere that you meet people, just tell them about us so we can get a wider audience and we can reach more people who like to learn about musicals because we like talking about them and we're not stopping. (laughs) Heck
1: yeah, you can't make
0: us. Of course, if you want to hear more about us because we talk a lot, you can see our other shows and keep updated on everything on our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. We have shows like to Old Tom Foolery, which is a and D podcast, which is in its second season at this point, and then Back of Bones, which is produced by my my mother, which talks about like dark historical stuff and future upcoming shows. Once everything gets kind of slowed down in our lives. We're, we've been very busy with adulting and moving, so we apologize for the lack of updates, but we promise to get back to it once we are settled and through this crazy, hectic time. Yes. I don't think I have any extra announcements this week. Yeah, we'll keep you posted, so follow us on our socials so you can get updated as soon as we know things. All right, I think that will wrap up this episode of See Me Now a Seat. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.